Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Hey guys, it's JD with Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. You ever get bored like I do in the middle of the night watching YouTube? Trying to figure out which broadhead flies the best, which one penetrates the best, different arrows, different bows, different bow speeds, all that kind of stuff. Go check out Chest Stumper Outdoors. Not only does he have some good hunting footage, he also does amazing broadhead reviews and arrow reviews and bow reviews and stuff like that. He goes to all the different trade shows and tests out all the bows right there on camera. He also does the Mountain Archery Fest. So give him a check. That's again, Chest Thumper Outdoors. Go give him a good listen. Go watch his videos. Some amazing content. Hey guys, this is JD with Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Just want to let you know I can save you a little bit of money if you go on to nosedownsense.com and type in the promo code SEBH15, Southeastern Bowhunter 15, SEBH15. That'll get you 15% off on all the products they have across the whole site. Now go make sure you check them out. Amazing products, great cover scents, and great application scents for those big old scripts you're trying to work on. Also, after you get that game, you can go ahead and season it up with some of their seasonings and dry rubs they have. Go give them a check. Welcome to episode 43 of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Man, look, we got almost no time left till deer season. It's two weeks, actually less than two weeks at the time of recording this intro. Um, this episode was a lot of fun though, man. We did, you know, I've been looking forward to doing this, uh, episode with the, with these guys. I've, you know, watched these guys for the past few years and seen them work with a lot of, you know, big names, um, that I've looked up to. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things, man. You just, you set something up and God's got a way of making it happen. And man, he showed out in this episode. Uh, this episode is with BJ Davis and Cheeto Marlowe from Suburban Bowhunter. You may know them from YouTube. You may know them from Seek One. Um, just all around good guys, man. And, you know, they're God-fearing Christian men just like me and JD. And I I love it when we have an episode like this. Um, things get, you know, pretty, pretty deep sometimes and some good stories. And it's just... It's a great podcast. I really think everyone's going to enjoy this episode. Um, before we get started with them, let's knock out you know the uh, the people who help support this podcast. Uh, Osseo Gear, you know, time's running out, guys. Joe's already got a deer on the ground, so you look, man. Go get some new camo if you need it. Um, if you go to their website and check out all their early season and late season stuff and their accessories, and you want to get something, use the code SBH10. It'll save you ten percent off everything site wide. And, you know, they were gracious enough to give us that code so we can help you guys save a little bit of money. Uh, next up is Summit Tree Stands. Got my Summit completely ready to go for opening morning uh, when we go to hit public. And, you know, I'm very excited to once again be using Summit. Um, 
they've got a lot of different products. You know, I say it every episode, go to their website and check it out. Check out NutriStand. If you're, you know, it's crunch time. So if you're behind and you need to order something, so you're ready to go opening morning, go check out, you know, the Summit Open Shot, um, the Viper, the Goliath, all that stuff, man. There's so many different, you know, tree stands made for every type of person. And if you don't want to use a climber, they got hang-ons. They've got a dual axis hang-on that it would take a while to explain it, but it is really cool. Um, one of their coolest products, I think. And they also got climbing sticks, you know, safety lines, all that stuff. Everything you need, Summit's got it. So go to their website and whatever you get, uh, you can save 15% with our promo code SEBH15. And that is site-wide. Uh, next up is Scout Tech. Uh, I've got my Scout Tech solar panel out. I've got one of their cameras I need to go put out. I just haven't had the time. Um, I was talking with Ryan last week, and there's a lot of things coming down the pipeline with them. Uh, it's going to be really, really exciting for next year. Uh, they're a great company, great people, and they work with a lot of big names in the in the uh, hunting industry that, you know, Scout Tech is going to have their names on the map for a very long time. Um, last but not least, Urban Archery Outfitters and Thrill of the Outdoors, dude, there's big stuff coming from those guys as well. I know that I say that every episode, but it's true. Uh, you know, I've been talking with Chris, been talking with Steven, and they've got a lot of big things in the works. Um, this sort of thing does take some time, but I think once everything is solidified, it's going to be one of the biggest things in the industry. Um, so yeah, that's, that's everyone that, you know, I'm going to be rattling off. I know JD's got a few that he just said. And, you know, it's th this episode, I don't I don't know what your, you know, those that are listening, I don't know what your faith is. I don't know what your religious views are. But at the end of the day, you know, when we all hit that that level of just totally stressed out, totally, you know, feeling like we need to give up. There's always somebody there that you can put your burdens on that you can, you know, place your faith into, I'm just going to say it, you know, Jesus loves you, man. And I know people will hear that and probably think it's one of those joking kind of, kind of matters, but it's really not. He, he, he did what no one else could do. And because of that, by grace, we're all, if you, you know, believe in him, believe that he was God, believe he died for our sins. We're saved. It's that simple. And when that, when you do that and you accept that wholeheartedly, your life changes. It made, it helped my life change. Um, I talk with God every single day. You know, Jesus is always there in any situation. And I cannot thank him enough for doing what he did so that we can, you know, have our lives and have a chance to, you know, when our time is up, have, have a chance to go somewhere that was intended for us. And, you know, there's a lot of evil in this world. And I think that, you know, a lot of people think that this is like, you know, things are never going to get better. But I don't believe that. I think that right now there's a huge change coming. And, you know, this episode just kind of speaks to that. Um, so that's my preaching moment. There's going to be a few more moments like that in this episode. But I really, 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 really think that you, you know, you got to listen to it. Uh, whether you're a believer or not, whether you're saved or not, it doesn't matter. I really think this episode is for everybody, along with all the deer hunting stories. That's that's what I love so much about this podcast is we can talk Jesus one minute, big deer the next, and they all intertwine. They all connect. So look, enough rambling on. Uh, let's get into it with BJ Davis and Cheeto Marlowe from Suburban Bowhunter.
right, guys. We got BJ Davis and Cheeto Marlowe here. If you haven't heard of uh, these guys, look up Suburban Bowhunter. But if you haven't heard of them, you're pretty much living under a rock. Uh, these guys are very accomplished with what they've done. And, you know, I've looked up to them for the past few years. And, you know, it's it's awesome to get them on the podcast. And I'm, I'm really excited about this one. So what's going on, y'all? Man, not a whole lot, dude. Thank you so much for that intro, by the way. Um, it's crazy to think about. I know Chia feels the same way that, you know, you get out there and you kind of record and you put yourself out there on social media doing what you do and you run into people that are actually watching it. It's a little bit like mind blowing that people care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely appreciate that. Cause, uh, I really don't deserve it. I don't, I don't really kill a lot of big deer. I just, I hunt a lot of deer. And so I just, I'm my, my year's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's You're the right people, man. You're the right people. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. I heard about y'all from uh, actually watching seek one. Cause they, I grew up 20 minutes from where Lee and Drew are from and had no idea that you could kill deer in city limits. Um, and then when I started hunting, I was just on YouTube and found them. And then next thing I know, I see, you know, BJ come up and Lee's down there hunting with you. And I saw the state record and all the giants y'all were killing. And I'm like, dude, I want to do that. So y'all, y'all kind of got me into it, man. Um, my obsessions because of you guys. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. Well, same, same. I mean, um, you know, watching Seek One, uh, I mean, my story is a little bit different than theirs. I've, you know, I'm a little bit older than they are and I've got five kids and got a family and all that. And so just like everybody, I was into hunting and just, it grabbed me. So if you're in Alabama, you know, most people, then the next step is either find good public land spots, which in Alabama, it's really tough to do. And second step is get a, get in a club, you know, spend a couple thousand dollars and go down South Alabama somewhere, drive two hours, two, three hours. And, you know, so that's what I did. You know, I jumped in a club and would drive two hours and, you know, go down on Friday, come back on Sunday. And with five kids, my wife is like, this ain't working. <laughs> you know? And as gently as she could, she was like, we need to figure out a new plan for this hunting obsession. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I ran across Seek One and I was, they were doing it in Atlanta. And, you know, I was like, man, if they knew that in Atlanta, I grew up in Birmingham. So I, I know every nook and cranny of seen deer all over the place, you know, have a lot of connections and friendships and all that. And I started exploring it and trying to figure it out if we could do it here. And um, thankfully, I was kind of on the front end of that. There's like some like OGs that have been doing it for a long time. A lot of them under the radar were not happy when I came out and started doing it really on the radar. Um, but that aside, I mean, I, you know, I was kind of first at the table and getting some spots. And so that was a blessing. And, you know, it was for me, I don't like knock on doors like Lee does. She does a big door knocker too. He's really good at it. Um, I mean, I will do it there's big enough deer, <laughs> yeah. but my approach has always been a little bit different. So like Birmingham is really undeveloped in a lot of areas. And so we have a lot of big landowners that surround our communities and our suburbs. And I on the way in. yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, there's just, there's a lot of opportunity to get in big tracks as long as I could get a hold of the right people and finagle my way in and, you know, then, like I said, I was kind of early at the table. So I ended up getting a, a spot or two. And then that led to another spot or two or a relationship that opened up a lot of doors. And, um, you know, people 
kind of always comment to me like, well, you must have a lot of money or be a big business guy or whatever. And by no means, like I'm very little means, very little, uh, you know, just kind of was, were creative and helpful to these guys, landowners and landed some great spots. And anyway, I probably went down a rabbit hole. You didn't want to go down. But... <laughs> no, you're good, man. We love it. Awesome. <laughs> back, back stories is what we, you know, kind of focus on with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you see these guys and you know, like it, it's, you like to hear like what the people who are very successful did to get to the point that they're at, you know? Cause I mean, going back to the seek one deal, like, you know, there's so many rumors and stuff about those guys that, it's it should be pretty obvious they're not true but then some of them you know catch more traction than others and it's like man I, I don't I don't like it when people don't know someone and they just don't like them because they don't know them and they just believe something you know yeah. like it's funny like deer hunting brings out the worst in people oh it does <laughs> and uh you know and Lee and I met through social media you know he uh was looking at Birmingham and thinking about coming here and then just started connecting with me. And we just, you know, I was already watching their stuff. So, you know, that door was open for them to come over here. And um, I really got to know him, you know, cause he came to my house and would stay here for like three weeks at a time chasing a deer. And, you know, we just kind of, we made a personal like friendship and I realized he, there's, that's a genuine dude. You know, there's not many people, I don't know, like celebrities or people that are really out there like, like that, but yeah. You know, you never really know, are they really cool like they seem or whatever? That guy is. And and Cheeto's gotten close to him, too. He can say that. And I, and as far as, like, whatever rumors are, like, that dude's above board. Like, he's going to make sure not only is it legal, ethical, and right, but, I mean, he's going to take that to the next level just so, you know, everything they put out there cannot be within question not just from the hunting perspective, but from a spiritual perspective, perspective, you know, so people can't question, you know, his walk with the Lord, you know, yep. which is, it's, it's a big thing. And we're the same way. Cheeto and I are, Cheeto's even worse than I am. Like an example, we first started hunting this, this deer together, kind of a funny story, but uh, I don't know if we want to get into the whole story. It's kind of my deer that I gave to Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I give him a hard time about it, but anyway, the, the, there's just one, instance that happened where we got permission on the deer and he's in a small block like seven acres or whatever 10 acres and um we go up and we find you know we see him walking the interstate so you know uh we we kind of know he's on that side of the interstate fence mm -hmm. you know primarily and we're on this side and there's only one place we can put our stand where this where this block of woods is and there's a tree that has fallen over the fence where the deer could almost get over. <laughs> so I was like, Tito, let's, uh, let's, you know, just clean that tree up. We're helping the state out, you know, and then the, the fence, you know, might come down a little more where they can have an avenue to come through here. And then when the season's over, we'll fix the fence back perfectly and all that. And he's like, nah, man, we're not doing that. We're not touching it. Which is, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And I was just like, man, that's just, God, why do I make friends with people like this? <laughs> and uh, well, man. sure enough, man, the Lord is like, just honors that. And that night we get pictures of the deer on our side, doing it right or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think a lot of that, we, we contribute all of our success. And I know Lee and those guys are the same way. It's, it's, it's all glory to God. Like everything's going to point back to that. 100%. For me, it's like, 
you know, if any, I'm no expert in hunting and deer habitat and patterns and, and betting any of that. I mean, I have enough knowledge where, you know, I can be dangerous or whatever, but I mean, it is literally like God is in control of the animals. And like, so we just honor him and all of that. And then we put all of this together as a platform, essentially, so that we can point people to Christ in a way that's not as much in your face, but yeah. like you watch us, hopefully, you know, that we are believers and we love the Lord and we're going to pray and we're going to do things right. And I think through that, we've essentially been blessed, you know? Oh, I mean, you guys, I said this to Jay Maxwell when I had him on the podcast uh, last, I think it was last year. Yeah, it was last deer season, I think. Um, you know, y'all have been, and I know it's a hunting podcast, but I'm still going to say it. Y'all have been a huge, like, instrument in me finding my faith and, you know, going through the process and, and getting saved and getting into it more. And actually, like, because, you know, I'm, you know, growing up, I was like, Oh yeah, there's a God. Cool. And that's all I did. Now my whole family will call me like a Bible thumper half the time. <laughs> it's like, I do it because it's, you know, I care about them. I want them to know who Jesus is and all that. And he's, you know, the same way you guys are saying, like putting that at the forefront will, you know, pay off, I guess, not only for eternity, but like also with the whole hunting thing. I mean, that deer on the wall right there, dude, I prayed 15 minutes before he showed up. And next thing you know, him and another deer show up and they're right there. And I'm like, okay, this is it. And just like that. Yeah. Man. And like that deer right there is called the prayer buck for that exact reason. That's <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> that's um, awesome. Yeah. yeah man, and it's huge. And you guys were a huge, huge part of that because, you know, some people will have the faith, but they don't share it. They'll be embarrassed or maybe they don't want to like, you know, put it out there and have someone maybe not agree with them and retort back and all that. But seeing you guys do it on YouTube and, and, you know, social media and stuff, it, it made me basically be like, all right, I don't have to do that. So thank you guys for that. (laughs) Thank you for saying that, man. Cause that's like, that's all our whole heart uh, is that, you know, people can see the love of Christ like through us. Cause you know, if they don't see that, then we're not doing it for the right reasons. And so then we don't want a part of it. So because I know BJ's heart's the same as, you know, if it's not God honoring, then I don't want to be a part of it. So, so, I mean, that's really cool to hear, but uh, I guess I'll kind of say how I got into it real quick too, but it's kind of the same storyline as everybody else, but seek one, you know, it's uh, I watched, I, I asked him to put it back up, uh, but I think it was, uh, I think it was Drew killed a deer like off of somebody's driveway, like behind some hay bales. Yeah, and it, I that one. Oh, geez. And I was like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, at the time I was, uh, I had just lost the hunting club that I had with my uncle, which was like only, it was great. It was close. It was only like 25 minutes from my house. And, uh, but I kind of grew up in Chelsea, which is kind of like the, you know, woodsy area of Birmingham. <clears throat> and uh, my place was like towards Columbiana. And so it was just easy to go. I just come right back. I didn't spend the night there and it was great. But then we lost it, you know, a uh, family bought it, which now I'm really good friends with that family. So it's really cool. Um, but I don't ever hunt there or anything, but I just kind of saw it was like really hard to, you know, to go hunting with friends. Cause you know, they'll tell you that deal like, yeah, man, shoot, whatever. Like, you know, you get invited and it's like, shoot, whatever. And the pressure. And then there, and I'm like, well, what if like a big buck shows up to y'all have all been, you know growing for the last five years and they're like 
man, use your discretion. And so I was like, crap, you know, that, that <laughs> feeling. And, you know, probably, a little. yeah, yeah. The yeah. biggest year of my life was actually happened, you know, at that moment, probably 140 inch deer wow. at that moment was wow. the biggest deer I'd ever been encounter with. And I had to watch him for 15 minutes, uh, like 20 oh. yards. Oh. Mm. So oh. it was just like, that kind of stuff was just like, to me, it was so frustrating. So when I saw that, I was like, uh, well, I see deer all the time in neighborhoods. Like, cause we just drive around just to look at deer because we enjoyed that. And so I was like, I know a hundred spots right now that I could go shoot a deer in. So, uh, so anyway, so that's how I got into it. And I actually met BJ and getting to know BJ, it was like, you know, we, we, we laugh about this cause I was, you know, I messaged him on Instagram and was like, Hey, we're kind of doing the same thing. I want to, you know, talk to you about it. And he didn't respond for, but I'm not the best responder. He's not. not. Yeah, you had me going there for a minute, dude. I, when I texted you the other day, I'm like, oh, I hope it doesn't cancel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to bother you, but I just want to make sure this can't happen. Like, a man enough. of five kids and married and yeah, I forgot about that. he's got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So I thought the same thing. I was like, geez, this guy's never going to respond. But then, you know, <laughs> he did. And uh, now BJ and I are like best friends. So I don't, I don't think I do anything without BJ. So... <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. now, speaking yeah. of not doing anything about BJ, how'd it go? Uh, I saw your TikTok about uh, taking him. I think it was last year or maybe long, longer. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, BJ, you took old Cheeto here to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're still healing up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, uh, pretty, uh, out of this world, I guess you could call it. Uh, you couldn't find your face. It was awesome. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember much about that, but uh, I had to edit. I had to edit that video pretty heavily. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Everyone I've known that's gone through that, they're like, "What happened?" I'm like, "You don't want to know." Even my wife, <laughs> I'm like, "Don't ask." Yeah. Don't ask. <laughs> so I asked BJ to pick me up because my wife, she works. Uh, she's a general manager of a store, so she like didn't have time, and it's like a during the week thing, and we both sell. So I was like, "Hey, just pick me up." I was like, "If you want to, just like video." I'm sure it's gonna be funny. And uh, it it was <laughs> it's actually uh, at first second I didn't think it was gonna be funny because I was waiting in the back lot for the patients to come out and other patients came out and they were a little groggy but they would jump in their car and drive away yeah and I was like okay this will be funny well when Cheeto came out he couldn't even function and I was like okay, <laughs> this isn't gonna be funny this is gonna be like serious <laughs> oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> oh man that's hilarious. So, like, how was the uh, World Deer Expo for you guys? Because I, I went, we we actually got to sort of meet Lee. We saw him walking in. We talked for, like, what, J.D., like 10 seconds? And we kind of, you know, hey, guys, how you doing kind of thing. Like, I got to run yeah. in here, you know, and to work. So We came by the booth some, and y'all were slammed. Slammed. Like, I, I, we were working the booth for um, Urban Archery Outfitters, and we had, like, 15 minutes to come over and try to, you know, kind of set, like, something like this up. And, you know, also just meet everybody. And we saw like, what was it? Like a 50 foot line. And we're like, yeah, we're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> it's no. not work. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it's a lot of fun. I mean, Cheeto's the show guy. He's actually doing Buckmasters this weekend with him. Right. You going down to Perry? Yeah. Yeah. We'll yep. be in uh, Montgomery. I was actually there earlier and then I came back. I had to get my stuff and I'm going back tonight. But yeah, we'll be there all weekend. So. Yeah. Uh, 
And it was good. Like it's it's really cool. Like like BJ said earlier, I mean, you see that there's people subscribe to the channel. You see that you have followers and and the comments and you need to get some really cool emails and things like that. Um, but you never really understand that people actually know who you are. Mm-hmm. And uh man, it's just really cool. It's like it's humbling too, like, you know, just to to meet people. I'm the biggest people person that you'll ever meet. Like I have, right you can ask BJ Lee, anybody, like if there's something going on, if I'm not there, I have FOMO and it's like the worst <laughs> FOMO you can imagine. And so I'm 90 to nothing all the time. Cause like, I'm the yes guy. And my wife's like, you've got to slow down. So, <laughs> I've been told that a few times. <laughs> the cool thing about the deer show is that like for us, I feel like we're in a the perfect lane I think Cheetah wishes our lane was a little bigger, but when you see like Lee, I mean, like he can't even walk through the place without even, you know, 50 people want to have a conversation, which, you know, like Cheetah would love that. But when you see these big lines and you can't really function or whatever, like people that want to be in the hunting industry or like have the YouTube channels or they're trying to get something going, they think that that's like the great life or that's the ultimate goal. And for some people it is, but when you actually see it in real time, you know, happening to somebody, you're like, whew, I don't know if I'd want that. That's just, that is heavy. Yeah. So we're, like, we're like in the shadows and we're like observing that. And then every once in a while, somebody's like, Hey, I've seen y'all stuff. And then it's like, okay, that's cool. You know? So um, I think we're, I think it's a good spot, but at the deer show, when they're there, it's like, it's stupid. Oh, yeah. It was crazy, man. Like I knew it was going to be a lot of people. And well, like I said, we turned the corner and we saw the booth and I'm like, Nope. Not gonna, I'll just email Cheeto a thousand times. This ain't gonna work, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, no you know, we, we saw y'all, you know, there with them. Um, are, are y'all, I know Cheeto, you might be kind of interested in it, but are y'all thinking about maybe kind of setting up your own little area and booth at the next show or no? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, so. <laughs> I mean, essentially, you know, we do, we're going to do our thing and, you know, we don't have like a, a business model. We don't have uh, sponsorship tags. I mean, people send us gear and if we love it, then we talk about it and we use it. Like, it's not like a, Hey, we're going to send you some free stuff. And then we just blow something up because they're giving us a discount code or paying us or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's none of that in our deal. We literally just do what we love, have fun. And I just enjoy the filming and editing piece. Like I enjoy that. Um, so it's fun to me. And so we just do that. And then if it works, it works. If people watch it, they watch it. If they don't, they don't. And, um, you know, we're not worried about that whole deal. So the booth part, I mean, I think that if you're trying to sell merch or build a brand and all that, then it's good for you. I mean, we're just like, we'll tag with the Seek One guys and maybe do like a, like we're like maybe like their little sister kind of, you know, if you want to look at it that way, like we're the Birmingham group and we'll collab with them. You know, I think we're going to do the Nashville thing with them. We'll probably do the doe shoot again with them. And he might come to Birmingham again this year or whatever. And um, that they, was, fun. It was awesome, man. I love seeing that. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, it's just a team, like a brotherhood, like you said, sitting around a campfire hunting, our hunting camps a little different because, you know, there's a bunch of cameras and stuff and it gets awkward and weird sometimes, but, uh, but it's so much fun, you know, it really is fun because, um, like Cheeto's got a really big deer. Should I tell him? I mean, it's, I guess it's okay. yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, you don't got, have to tell him where it is. 
No, yeah, we well, don't want Alabama, so. <laughs> yeah, well, this one's actually more in y'all's neck of the woods, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and so he uh, he's got a really big one, so there's probably going to be some collaboration with that. Um, you know, and so anyway, I mean, so we don't care anything about that brand or whatever and trying to like build something that way. Mm -hmm. Organically happens, it happens. If not, you know, okay, yeah. you're more on the organic side of it, so that, that's cool, man. I respect that. Yeah, yeah. BJ kind of said it the best to me, anyways. Because when I'm, you know, I think it was last beginning of last year, sometime I was like, dude, at one point, BJ had come out with some like, you know, Birmingham suburban bow hunter gear and things like that. And I was like, dude, we need to do that. And just like, because my goal was like, man, if we did that, like we could just use all that funding for like trips and we could go do certain things. And that's yeah. how we could be funded to hunt. And I was like, cause this will never be our full-time job. I mean, we have kids and like <laughs> going as much as Lee does. It just, oh, it does not work with kids. I don't understand how he does it, man. Yeah. Really <laughs> so, but so BJ said the best is like, man, we're going to advertise. I mean, like I literally all I have is sequel and stuff. I mean, like, I'm going to wear their stuff. I'm going to promote my friends. Like they're my guys, like sure. we're, we're linked to them, you know? And so we're going to promote the heck out of their brand. And so we grow their brand and, you know, that's, that's our heart. And I actually kind of, I work with them now just on their, just cause I had some extra time uh, with the business I was working for, just kind of slowing down. Uh, and I had some extra time. I was like, guys, you know, I, I'll help you out however y'all need it. And they just need some help. So I came on staff and kind of been running the shows and things like that. So it's, it's fun for me. Cause I love, I love getting to see people, meet people and hanging out. So it's, it's fun. So, but like BJ said, like, you know, our whole goal is to just have fun and enjoy hunting and hopefully people hear Jesus through, through what we do. So y'all are doing a good job. Like I said earlier, man, you're doing it right. Um, yeah, man. No, that's awesome. I, I definitely can respect that. Cause like, you know, a lot of people get into it for the wrong reasons. I've talked with, I think I've talked with Michael Waddell about this a few months ago and our buddy Chris, and we, we all discuss like people will get into it cause they're thinking like, Oh, I'm going to be the next big thing. And I'm going to be this famous person. That's not why you should get into it. You should get into it because you love it. Not because you want to have the fame and you know, whatever fortune comes with it. So I, I can definitely respect that. I mean, we're trying to make this podcast you know as big as it'll get but if it stays you know within a certain bubble then that's that's what god wanted and that's what we're rolling with you know yeah yes. i think the podcast world you can you there's a good opportunity to make money in the advertising oh yeah like you know i mean the, a lot of people are listening to podcasts and you know um i think it's awesome what y'all are doing man i love we cheeto and i we started a podcast and i mean we we uh it's it's hard man it's a it grind it's, it's a lot of work <laughs> It's, it's a lot fun. of and we enjoy it. Yeah, we enjoy it. It's just time. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, so before we got on, my wife called me like 10 minutes before seven and she was like, Hey, uh, we're thinking about doing this and this. And like, you do know I've got to record tonight, right? Because I told her earlier and she goes, Oh, I thought I forgot. I'm sorry. I was like, Well, that's fine. She's like, I'm like, Where are you at? And I, she was like, uh, oh, I'm like 10 minutes away. I was like, All right, well. I can I can at least see you get the baby to bed and then come on down. So <laughs> yeah, dude, the time stuff it's ridiculous. I mean, it's and then editing and it, it's a lot, but yeah. it's fun. I mean, that's why we do it because it's fun. You know, we get to meet guys yeah. like you, and you know, we get to meet people that we would never have the chance to meet 
without any platform. So, but enough yeah. about us, man. Look, BJ, I got to know, dude, what's the story on that gigantic, what was it, 200-inch state record deer that you, uh, you killed a beer back? We round him up. He was he was one ninety nine and four eights, but we I, said I, know. I was I was trying to help you. Out <laughs> it's like a, uh, I tell everybody. My score is one eighty six. If you catch a you know nine pound you know fourteen ounce bass, he's a ten pounder. You know. What I mean? So, um, I mean, gosh, any the, I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, that story, um, dude, it's. It was like it'd go back to God. I mean, it's a hundred percent God. It's just um I love it. What's funny about the whole deal, we're talking about getting into the whole video and in the industry and all that stuff or whatever. But like I was just filming and hunting and kind of had a little Instagram thing going. It was actually called Suburban Outfitters to begin with. And uh so this this huge deer showed up. And when, when all that happened and I ended up, and I'll get into the story of the deer, but just kind of flash forward real quick. Like when that happened, you know, I was filming it and to kind of telling that story and it, when you kill a deer like that in Alabama, it's becomes, you know, every a huge spotlight gets shined on. Yeah. And um, so that's when it was like, okay, this is like, this thing is really growing and now I need to like do something with it. And now we need to get some merch and now we need to do all that. And that was just like such an a wake up call for me. It's like that is just not the world I want to be in. Even no matter what happened, it could have stopped right there, whatever. But um, anyway, yeah. But as far as the the deer, the story on the deer, man. So somebody sent me a picture of that deer in like 2017, and they told me that it was kind of an area that I didn't have permission in, but it was really close, and it was a it was a giant. And, uh, you know, so I started, I started a mission to get as much permission as I could to get on this deer, but where the deer was, I knew because I grew up in that area, I knew exactly kind of where his domain was, but it was all basically landlocked by owners who would never allow anybody to bow hunt ever in a million years. And there was this crazy situation that happened on another property I had where there were some illegal immigrants that were using firearms on an inner city piece of property and right by the interstate. And so we collaborated with the game wardens and local officials and caught like five guys and they all had guns and that when they drug them out, they put them right by the interstate on their hands and knees. And literally the whole interstate came to a stop and like channel 13, channel six news pulls up and the deal kind of went viral, you know, like yeah. hunters caught you know, using firearms in neighborhood or whatever. So when that happened, that opened up a conversation for this big landowner that had this land and said, Hey, if you can help us do that on our properties, because we're getting phone calls all the time of people shooting guns, riding ATVs, it's just a, a liability for us. We might let you hunt some of our properties. And I was like, I, I knew in my mind which property I wanted right off the bat. And they said yes. And so I ended up getting in there and getting cameras up and didn't see him. 2018 2019 uh found him got him on camera for the first time and uh what's crazy is i was actually tagged out and had a buddy that i was hunting with and i tried to get to shoot him not but me not me i didn't know you did. <laughs> <laughs> not the lord's making you wait just a little longer man yeah yeah, yeah. he's making the three of us wait <laughs> yeah. uh and yeah i tried to i tried to get him set up on the deer it's like it was like mid-January. Our season ends like the first of February, so we had like three weeks, 
and he couldn't close the deal. And so that summer I was like, okay, I'm going to feed this deer. I'm going to keep him right here, keep him healthy. Keep him. He kind of looked old and he kind of looked like from the picture I had to from 2017, he looked like he'd gone down actually. And it looked like he might've had an injury where he'd been shot, you know, like just looking at fuzzy game camera picture. So I was like, he, I need to keep him healthy. So I go in there with a feeder and all this stuff and he doesn't go anywhere near it all summer. And I finally go in there and get the feeder out. And as soon as I get the feeder out, he starts showing up in velvet, like just with nubs, like his nubs were just coming out, but I could tell it's just already huge. Yeah. And um, he just didn't want to get near that feeder because it was foreign. It was weird. It was too human, I think. So just put the feet on the ground and he would start, he started coming and, and he would just, I just watched him get bigger and bigger. This was 2020. And uh, I mean, he just, he, he was huge. And he was also with another deer that no lie was probably a 170, 175 with zero deductions, a perfect six by six. They were together. And it was just, it was like in Alabama, that's stupid. Like you don't ever. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't happen. and um, so anyway, you know, I just watched him and he grew and then, of course, as soon as they shed their velvet, he vanishes. You know, it's our, our season opens October 15th. They shed the velvet around, you know, the 1st of October. And as soon as they go hard horn, he's gone. I mean, cameras go quiet. And, I mean, I surround this place. I had, like, six cell cameras in multiple different locations. And um, he just didn't show up at all. And then uh, middle of November, it was right around Thanksgiving, he popped up on camera at, like, 3 a.m., in one of my spots and uh and i went in on a coin flip i don't know if you heard this part of the story or whatever but i had two different spots that he could show up that he, that he was kind of in the middle of where he was and one of them i felt more confident in you know over here and this other one was like this is a possibility so i got the little flip a coin app and i hit the button and it was like go to this one over here and i was like i didn't really want to so i was like i really want to go to this one over here so i did it again <laughs> I said to go to this one again. I did it again. I said to go to this one again. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to listen to the coin. So I ended up listening to a coin flip and went to this other spot. And 7.30 a.m., he walked out. And I shot him at 12 yards, broadside. And then I didn't have any idea how big he was. I had no clue. I mean, didn't, to me. Uh, didn't you have the double draw on him, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so I drew. Yeah, I had to draw, and he was about to step into a clearing, and I drew, and he just didn't step out, and I was holding for a really long time, so I had to let down. Yeah. As any bow hunter knows, that's the worst horrible. I mean, a million things. Yep. He can do. yep. And, and as soon as I let down, he takes two steps I need, and I pull back. <laughs> there you go. But what's crazy about that deer is, you know, like, you know, as a deer hunter, you know, I mean, especially mature deer, when they come in, they're always like hyper alert, their ears, their noses are going, they're, they're nervous all the time. And you never know if they're just going to blow and run off. This deer never acted nervous. Like he was, really? he, he never gave me the impression that he was like, even had a clue that, I, okay, it was just, that's what kept me cool to be able to move the camera and adjust it because yeah. he was cool. And, um, you know, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I just, the arrow just, I let, I don't, like I tell everybody all the time, I don't remember looking through the peep site. I just, I don't remember. <laughs> I like blacked out for a second. Yeah, just blacked out, woke up, dead deer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you do anything for cover sin at all, or? No, I didn't, man. Like, I used to be really heavy into, like, like I mean, I would do everything, man. I'd go Zonics. I'd uh -huh. get, you know, I'd, I'd put all my 
camo and I still I'm careful with my scent you know what I mean like I don't mix it with all my normal laundry I wash it in the scent free stuff and you know I will spray a little bit sometimes but I'm not like militant about it and I wasn't then uh, I just play the wind you know I mean if the wind's good then I'm confident if the wind's not good I don't feel confident no matter what I'm doing and when, uh, when after I shot that, the wind was perfect when I shot the deer. And then after I shot him, I'm standing in the road with him doing the pictures and all that. And the wind, my buddy was like, dude, how'd this deer come in here with the wind like this? And the wind shifted. It was blowing right to my stand from where he was standing. So, oh wow, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, even then I didn't know. I mean, I thought he was 170. Is he, do you think he's going to push 180? I'd never seen a deer that big before. I had no idea. I didn't never even measure a deer. Never yeah. measured and I didn't even know the uh, process you know I had to google how do you measure a deer <laughs> uh, you know I mean so got him in the garage my father-in-law who's an experienced hunter he's measured some deer he came over and we did it and he's like man I got him he's like I got him at right at 199 and I'm like are you serious like you think he's that big and um anyway yeah I got him officially scored and he was 199 and four eights which is like so at Buckmaster's who scored him Buckmasters has like some different categories and it's based on like how their rack is. If it's super irregular, they call it irregular. If it's perfectly typical, they call it typical, but if there's a middle category they call semi-regular, which is a mix of a lot of non-typical points and still, but still has a very regular rack. So in that category, he's number one, uh, state of Alabama. Heck yeah. For typical to take all the deductions off of him, he's number two. And then if you just overall, like if you just mass antler, he's number four. So, well, I've always said nets are proficient anyway. So if he grew it, it should be scored. And yeah, know, yeah, that's, that's a monster. Cause like I've seen, you know, I've got some public land, maybe 10 minutes from the house. And I've seen a deer that was probably pushing 150, 160. Uh, scared the crap out of him because I thought he was a squirrel. So I turned around and he's right there. And he just gone. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, JD actually has a deer on camera right now. We've been debating for the past few weeks. Um, I'm saying 150. Now he isn't velvet, but this dude, giant. Uh, people are telling him like 130. I, I don't, I don't buy it. But <laughs> you know, and and the thing is, we actually do. So we, I'm not gonna say we hunt like suburban areas. JD lives in Cobb County, so he's hunting probably 10 minutes from you know a few of Lee and Drew's spots. Um, I've got a spot on Jackson Lake. It's near i don't know if you've ever been like where jay lives and all that like social circle and stuff um it's near there and it's one acre and so like i look to you guys when i'm hunting a small spot like that because i don't yep. you know, i don't know what to do other than play the wind and try to figure out where they're coming from but yeah. that's all you can yeah i mean i mean it's like so I, I listen to the southern outdoorsman sometimes i'm friends with those guys i don't know if you ever listen to their podcast oh yeah listen to them every week yeah so they have um you know these experts come on and you know we know michael perry who's an alabama legend or whatever and i mean they are reading the wind trails like which way the thermal thermal thermals are rising and ozones i mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean i'm gonna be <laughs> completely transparent in 2019 they legalized bait in alabama you know and so we use bait i mean that's just i mean i'm not i'm not gonna you know i mean it's just like if you're not baiting, you're waiting. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I had T-Bone say that on the podcast, and I told him, like, I'm clipping this. Like, That's if awesome. you're going to clip this, people are going to hear it. 
I mean, I say it all the time, dude. So I completely, yeah. understand. I completely agree. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, so when they legalized in Alabama, I don't know how long it's been legal in Georgia, but in Alabama, when they legalized it, I was honestly just kind of disappointed in just because I'm, you know, this old school thing or, you know, let's, let's find the fallen white oaks. Let's do that kind of deal. But then I realized like baiting wasn't a magic bullet. Like what happened real quick is the deer realize where their food source is and the mature bucks go at the safest time, middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So you might get a bunch of pictures of them and you, but you're not going to see them when you're hunting because they, they learn very quickly your entrance points, your exit point, where their predator is coming from. And they know exactly where their food source is. So they bait downwind. I mean, they lay downwind and it's just like, it's not as easy as everybody thinks, you know? And I personally hate the rut because as a bow hunter, you know, the bucks never stand still. They're just moving around all the time mm -hmm. and I never stand still so I can shoot them. Yeah. I mean, you can see cool stuff. I mean, you see them, you know, you see them chasing, you hear them grunting, you see them fighting. I love all that stuff, but I want them to stand still. <laughs> uh, so what I do is I locate a target, you know, on a small parcel or wherever. I locate where he is to make sure, okay, he's there. And then like this time of year, we just keep him there as much as we can. And then slowly try to bring them to our the prime entry point. So I know that like if I can get this deer coming here in the daylight, then I can enter here and I, he's not going to cross my ground scent or as long as the wind's right, he's not going to smell me. I can sneak up and be in the tree. And as long as the, the deer is showing up, then I'll get a good chance on him. And then another thing I do is I'm very like, I didn't get in the tree last year until November 15th and our season opened on October 15th and I had deer showing up, but they just weren't daylight. Yeah. But as soon as this deer did two days in a row of daylight, the deer I was hunting last year, I called him Groot. He was this freaky, non-typical deer. And he daylighted twice in a row. I was in the third day. And boom, he was in there at shooting light. Just, I made it, I mean, he, there was one of those big black vines that hangs down. And it was like right at last light. And I, my arrow hit that and deflected. And he got away and somebody else shot him. But, uh, oh, no. <laughs> But I mean, that, that worked. And then yeah. you know, just being smart. Cause if I was in that stand every day, just cause it was opening day and I'm sitting there putting pressure on that spot and leaving my scent there every day, just cause I want to be in a tree and I'm overexcited. Then he doesn't, I don't ever see that deer. Yeah. Know? I mean, I had that same problem last year. Like me and JD um, argued last year about it. Cause he and I both go, would go whenever we can. And I had a deer that was probably one thirties, you know, mid one thirties. Um, I'd already killed a deer at that point on this property because I only had two spots last year um, with one access point and one exit point. So three weeks of hunting it consistently, they stopped showing up. Yeah. And this deer daylighted one time in October. And I'm over here thinking, all right, if I put this bait out, it's going to work. If I put this scent out, it's going to work. And I was moving along the property at different places. Um, but he already had my number, dude. So there was no way I was going to kill him. This year... Because of all of that, I'm probably not even going to hunt that spot till mid-October at least. Yeah. And it's the same thing you said. Like, you go in, you know, too many times, they'll they'll figure out your your uh, trail, and then that's it. They won't yeah, man. Big bucks don't get big by being stupid. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, they're, you know, they're neighborhood deer. They're probably eating out of somebody's bird feeder. And, you know, my grandma saw that deer in her driveway. Well, maybe. But once you become a predator... <laughs> something happens in the instinct of a deer they know if i'm out there walking down the street with my kids playing 
you know, jump jacks or whatever, as opposed to I'm in my camo and I'm there to kill. In a tree. Where people there's an, yeah, there's just in, there's, there's something, I don't know if it's something we, and this is just a weird theory I have, like a pheromone we let off is like a, a the the instinct to kill kicks in because like yeah. if you ever if you ever been around a blood tracking dog, like when a deer gets shot or injured, and the deer the dogs track them, but they don't track them by the blood on the ground. That the deer lets out like a pheromone in their hoof, like that's that's an injury pheromone that the deer that the dog smells and can track the deer. I don't know if there's something like we don't as hunters, men or whatever, and our testosterone that gets jacked up that we let out when we're like there to kill, and the deer can like sense that. That's just a goofy theory I have, but I'm like I believe it. I mean, I yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a really good theory. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how accurate it is, but I I mean, there's definitely a difference. So, yeah. I mean, having like the lowest amount of impact you can have on a spot is so important, especially if it's a big mature buck. Like the more yeah. you're in, there, pounding it, pounding it, and pounding it, you're gonna bump them out of there and never see them. So, and that's what we did with Chubbs. Chubbs last year is you know, BJ was like. You know, we didn't have him in there all the time. And so, like, BJ was like, dude, don't don't go sit in there. So, like, I probably only hunted there, what, maybe 10 times or less last year because he just wasn't showing up. Like, the spot that we had was this, you know, summer spot, and he just disappeared. But, you know, the one encounter I had with him was I had just gotten in the tree and literally got my backpack off and was getting the camera out. And all of a sudden him and two other bucks just come running up the hill. And I was like, that moment we were just like, well, what do I do now? (laughs) And so it's like, you know, I had no camera up, you know, I I don't know if they heard me and we're just coming to check it out, see what was going on or what, but it was just the most, the craziest moment ever. And just seeing that deer in person, I told BJ, I was like, I'm hunting there every day all day i'm not going down he's like no can i show a picture of that deer does yeah yeah so i got a question for you being being a oh my god make make a noise or something so we can get that on the video that is make it light again touch it bj that's it oh sorry yeah hello 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 mic check mic check can you hear it there it is oh Good lord, lord, I, that looks that honestly makes JD's big buck look like a two year old. Hey, <laughs> the, the, but the crazy thing about that deer is like he looks big on camera, but oh my gosh, in person, he's like a horse compared like <laughs> to the other deer that are with him. Like, one of the other deer is probably a what would you say, BJ? He's probably like a 115, 120. He might be pushing 125 to see. I don't know. He's a nice sized deer. But next to that deer, he looks like a baby. And it's like, it it makes that deer look awful. So that's awesome. I mean, I I had a deer named Tank last year, the same exact situation that I was just telling you about. I had one. So there was a deer that was with this guy over here. I named that deer Pickles, or well, my daughter did. And then she watches a lot of Bluey. So she named the other deer Bluey. And I'm thinking these guys are going to be the biggest ones on the property. They're, you know, giants, whatever. And then Tank shows up, and I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, that dude right there is all of 250, no no problem. And these other guys are, I don't know, I didn't I didn't uh, weigh up. But, so I know I know exactly what you're saying. Seeing a deer that makes the other deer look like, you know, fawns still, 
Yeah. It, it's crazy, man. It's so crazy. We got, a, we got a funny story with Chubbs too, this deer. So, um, uh, Cheetah, tell me if I exaggerate the story. Correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you know, so anyway, DJ normally exaggerates. It's a 98% he's going to exaggerate. Sorry. <laughs> so I found the deer. True. True. Cheeto got the phone number for the landowner, right? Yes. And then I got the permission, right? Correct. Because okay. BJ well, said, do you want me to call? And I was like, you can call if you want. I can call because I'm used to calling. Yeah. He's like, okay, let me call. Yeah, so he wanted to call. <laughs> I, I, that's the truth. But we're both on the phone, okay? But but two key facts. I found the deer landed the permission, right? <laughs> so if y'all were the judges, who would be the man shooting the deer? Just out of curiosity. This man found the number. I give him that. But it literally took – okay, but hold on. First, <laughs> let's – it literally took me a couple of hours to find because it wasn't like a normal number. Yeah. Like I had to search his relatives to find out who this man like because he fit under an LLC. I had yeah. to ask a lawyer and then had to go to relatives and then now, find now who's exaggerating? Yeah, that is the truth. <laughs> you did all that. I think the FBI needs to give you a call and give you a job. It, it was a deep, it's a deep search. <laughs> so anyway, funny story. So like last year, you know, I was like, okay, Cheeto. You got this season, you got this season, man. Like, I'm going to film you. You can get up, go kill this deer, crush it, and whatever. The deer disappears about a week into the season. Oh, no. Of course, I'm over there just kind of like, quietly like, yes. Because <laughs> I know I told him next year, I'm I'm checking in, and we're going tag team on this bad boy. So There you know, go. He's going to be real upset. So that's nothing that sucks about when you do kill a big deer. Because this was three years ago. Okay, that's a long time. Yeah. Everybody thinks, well, you're you've already killed a big deer, so why do you need to kill another big deer? Well, I mean, I mean it's yeah, I still want to Hold kill it. Yeah. Yeah. BJ needs to kill another big deer after Cheeto kills a big deer. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Cheeto's got a giant, he's got a giant in Atlanta or in the that area. I that bet. Is. I bet. I've I mean, seen them out there. <laughs> that, that deer's probably how should I even say? I don't know. Yeah. You can. He's 170, 180. Barry, you can pull up, you can pull up the picture of mine. Show him mine. See what I think of mine. All right, hold on. Let me give me five minutes to look for it. So, while he's looking for that, guys, I got a question for y'all since y'all kind of do the whole urban thing like I do. Um, I work out of town. I'm Monday through Friday. I'm only home on the weekends. I've got one big spot that's, you know, 30 acres. And I can only hunt. On the weekends when I'm home, are are y'all going in there every weekend, or you? How are you going to go about it if you're in my my spot? Nah, man. I I mean, see, that's kind of a hard question for me because I do have more freedom because I'm in a sales job, and so as long as I get my stuff done, I can have the free time to get in there. And weekends for me are really tough because we got soccer and whatever else going on in kid life and all that. So I try to get in during the week, you know. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like, I'm always watching. I don't know. Did you run cell cameras? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm watching my cell camera and I put on each detection. And as soon as my target deer is daylight, one or two days, as long as it's a little bit of consistency or I know he's bedded right there and it's, it's comfortable coming in daylight hours, I'm in the state. Yeah. Okay. 
So hopefully for you, that falls on a weekend, you know, and I'm, it's, and I understand, man, like it'd be real hard not to just be in a tree because you got a free time and, you know, you got that opportunity, but that big buck, man, I would, you know, I, it's worth not being in the stand if he's not showing up. Of course, that's the day he's going to pop up on your camera at like 7 a.m. Yeah. That happened to me last year. So I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So you never know. I mean, sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit, you know, but yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it, if if you can avoid it, I try to wait till I got consistent pattern and then I'm in. Yeah, because okay. if he's coming in, if he's only coming in like early, early morning before daylight, or last thing you know, what you want to do is bust him out of there. And then well, then right now I've got the pictures that I've got of him right now uh, last week was at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. on the same day. Oh yeah, dude. He's hundred. Yeah, he's 150 all day, man. That's thank you stud. thank you there you go yeah 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 so tell facebook jd that they're wrong <laughs> he said he's 150 facebook will will kick you in the drawing so fast you don't even Dude, know. So <laughs> here's my here's my opinion on people on facebook and i hope this goes over well but my thing is like some people just want to i think that there's people out there that like to you know press people's buttons yeah and like I think all they're doing is sitting there like, because they're not really even hunters, you know, they're just poking bears, you know, they're just like, oh, more this more. is a dinky deer. Don't shoot that deer. It's a, let him grow. You know, like yeah. dude, deer gets you excited. I don't care if it's a hundred inch or if it's a one ninety nine. I mean, because I missed out. Bucks were smaller, but y'all were excited and heart pumped about that. Dude. Yeah. I mean, the, the, my thing that I've missed out on life is that, I've watched too many deer and now I'm, you know, 34 and I've really never killed a deer over 110 inches because I've just watched so many deer go by that I, cause I've always been like, I want that 160. And like when Chubbs came about, literally Chubbs was, is my dream deer. Like, yes, he was a perfect eight point, just tall. Like that was my dream deer. And so like, I've always passed deer because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get that deer because I'm just going to keep letting these grow. Well, then, you know, what happens to, you know, some people, you know, shooting them, you know, yeah. I mean, so, or they get hit by a car, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. a, you know, I think whatever gets you excited, man, shoot the deer. So, yeah, that's what things about, man. I mean, when I, when I grew up hunting, I mean, in Alabama, it was like when I was a little kid, we used to have dog clubs. I don't know if y'all had those over in Georgia or you're old enough to experience that. I'm sure that we do somewhere. I don't know. This was, this was like in the eighties and you'd get in a club with like 40 or 50 guys and they'd get in the back of a pickup truck and drop you off every 200 yards groups. And then they'd cut the dogs loose and the dogs would just run the deer past you or whatever. And you'd shoot them a buck. I mean, anything runs and everybody was fired up if a deer hit the ground you know it didn't matter if he was a two-year-old or you know whatever and you know this that camaraderie around the hunting piece of it can get really wrecked when people start looking at inches and it's got to be this size or or start crushing on somebody else because like it's weird like as men we keep a scoreboard you know no matter what you're keeping score like whether yeah. you feel like it or not, whether you measure inches or not, there's some kind of scoreboard going on in your mind and you want to, we want to win. Right. Yeah. And so it's really like somebody shoots a, you know, mainframe eight point, 125 inches or whatever. And they're super fired up. 
it's really easy to get on there and be like, oh, you know, you should have let him have another year. And that just makes it, the other dude feel like crap about yeah. a deer he's fired up about. Why did that? Why did yeah. that? Especially in the areas, like, I understand if you're on a, a 5,000-acre track and your management program is such that you're like, everybody's in agreement, we're going to shoot five-year-olds and we're trying to grow our herd to this. And, like, you're, you're in that program. I get it. That's fine. But, like, in our areas, in our situation, it's almost – it's just as important to shoot a mature deer as it is younger deer because the herd itself isn't healthy because of the overpopulation of the deer. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. It's like a bass pond, you know, I mean, you got, you, you know, when they're, when they're too full, they don't get, you don't get 10 pounders because you got 6,000 two pounders. So every once in a while you got to pull out some of the two pounders, you know, and fry them up so you can get, let them grow to 10 pounders. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so and I, yeah. I mean, after, after I shot high hopes or whatever, I mean, it, it messed me up for a minute because and one of my buddies at the time was like, dude, you're not going to be any fun to hunt with anymore. And I'm like, man, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to change. But sure enough, that next year, all the game camera pictures, they weren't good enough. And we're talking about great deer, you know, but now just because I was so spoiled in this blessing of a situation, now none of these deer are good enough. And I'm finally getting settled year three. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, these deer are good enough. <laughs> Maybe they come back to earth and get the reality. He's got a deer right now that he's uh he looks like a spawn of high hopes, and he's a pretty solid deer. <laughs> yeah. He's not as he's not he's not near as big times. No, he's not that big. Now he might be a, a county runner. Give him time. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'll shoot him tomorrow. Yeah. Him. That's the biggest thing, man. Like I got a buddy, my buddy Thor, he, um, he's one of those that if he, if he sees a deer and he likes it, he shoots it. He doesn't care what anyone on Facebook says. He posted, um, he got a good nine point last year and then he shot, I think like a forky or something. And then I think he got an extra tag on some hunt, some quota hunt. And he thought it was a doe and he shot this little spike. And, you know, he posted on Facebook, posted all three deer. And a lot of people were saying, they're like, oh, man, why'd you shoot the young one? Give him, you know, time to grow. And, I, and he's like, dude, are you hunting where I'm hunting? No. Are, are you, do you control what I do? No. And yeah. I hate that. I hate that people think that they need to go on there. And it's the same thing. If you're in a club and there's rules, okay, fine. I get it. But if you're out on public land, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It just <laughs> Causes division, man, and that's it's ridiculous. But look, guys, I don't want to hold y'all too long. I do have one question. I'm curious. I'm a big broadhead nut, and I was watching your videos the other day. And correct me if I'm wrong, but y'all were using the QAD Exodus, right? Yep. Are you still using it? Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm still <laughs> that this year. Um, that broadhead. I, I mean, and JD's. You know, he he's. He and I go back and forth about broadheads. He's got this one that looks like a pair of scissors that is like this, and it opens ridiculous. Yeah. And it might work. Um, yeah. It's so funny because this this whole summer I was pushing mega meats and sever and all of that. Hey, last year I killed four with Exodus. I love those no, broadheads. And it was great. It was great. It's just funny though because you all summer were like, "Oh, I'm I'm shooting fixed blade. I'm shooting this," and we switched. You're shooting mechanicals, and I'm shooting fixed now. So yep. like, what, what kind of setup do you guys like? I mean, are you on the heavy arrow train? Are you on the mid range? The light? I'm, I'm a mid. I'm a mid guy. My my whole area is 400, 475 grains. Okay. So nice. Right there with me. Nice. 
Yeah. So I shoot like a, um, a VAP TKO is my arrow. And then I put like a, a 50 grain outsert on the front end and 125 grain broadhead. Okay. And so and I shoot the QADX with the fixed and, uh, it's a good setup. I mean, it's a really smooth shooting arrow. And I, I, you know, I mean, I've gone back and forth with broadheads. I'm not near as versed in it as you are, but I'm just a believer. Like if you hit them right, they're dead. Yeah. You can hit them right. So as long as my arrow is flying correctly and there's no, none of that mess in it and it's nice, good flight path. And I feel confident and I can hit it where I want to hit it. I'm going to kill that deer if I'm shooting a field tip, you know? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, broadheads are huge. I'm not dogging any broadheads, but I mean, I've just the, the nice, fixed, sharp ones that just cut through. I mean, I love them. Oh yeah, I've sliced my finger a couple times on that broadhead changing blades out. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, Dude, yeah, funny story. So I don't know. So I'm not. I, I'm not the science behind it. I go to the, my bow guy, and he sets it up for me. He's like, "This is what you need to shoot." That's the kind of guy I. I don't know anything. I am actually just went to bj's arrows because last year i was shooting because i'm i don't know if you can tell from videos but i'm super short <laughs> like <laughs> we, we saw you at the show okay yeah, yeah i'm like yeah. i'm five five yeah. like, no, you're, you're four nine on a good day I, I, i'm five <laughs> five with my boots on you know so, <laughs> uh, so what's your the, draw length you know? my draw length is like 26 and a half so his arrows look like crossbow bolts. Yeah, there's their bolts. I call them bolts because they're tough. <laughs> I literally told DJ, I caught so DJ's trying to take that joke as his own. But I caught <laughs> I caught him the other day and I said, dude, my arrows are so small, like I might as well call them bolts. <laughs> but anyway, so I I just went to that TKOs TKOs because I was shooting uh uh BJ, what are they called? Uh Oh, the full metal jackets. Yeah, full metal jackets. And uh, Jay was hunting with me last year. And so quick funny story. He was with me. There's about a hundred deer all over us. I mean, this place is covered up. They're coming from every which way. First time I go draw my my uh release does not walk and it shoots an arrow, right? So it just and just like <laughs> And so that happened and like literally landed right behind a deer. Not, nothing happened. None of them freaked out. Yeah. And this nice eight point was just still right there. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to get it. So I get another arrow and needless to say, I'm having to move super slow, like just like a snail. And yeah. I finally get the arrow on, get it pulled back good this time. Well, then I shot and it just looked weird. And I was like, the deer ran like 10 yards and stopped. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe I hit him. I, I didn't hear a thud, but I was like, maybe, maybe I hit him. Cause he literally just stopped like 10 yards. So I was like, maybe he's about to die. And BJ was like, did you just miss? And I was like, I think I missed. <laughs> and sure enough, dude, that, that arrow was so warped. Like I rolled it. I took the rod head off and rolled it. And it was like, it was so bad and i shot that arrow just to see and it was like off like by a foot and a half so like i clearly but anyway you know, like i learned last year after that i was like done with these so this year i i love my setup and my bow guy he got he did some fletchings for me and they're just they're awesome 
Yeah, I mean, we had the guy from Easton on a few months ago, and uh, I didn't, you know, I always looked at the full metal jacket as a good era, but then I started seeing a lot of videos of people saying, you know, people I've met now, they're like, oh, yeah, I, you know, just set it on a rock. Next thing I know, I shoot it, and the thing bent. I'm like, that doesn't, that shouldn't happen. No. So I don't know what the deal is with that, man. But, but look, guys, um, I've kept you long enough. I really appreciate y'all coming on. This right here is top level for me because like I said I've looked up to y'all for years and I wish I could have seen you guys at the show um I would try to make it down to the Buckarama but we're doing a birthday party for my daughter Saturday so I won't be able to make it but I mean is there anything we need to know is there anything y'all are working on any videos maybe coming out any other giant deer that you guys are on uh just anything you want the listeners to know about I mean, I think, I mean, we're going to be filming. We got, we got some targets. We got two or three. Hopefully we put them on the ground. We'll be filming, running cameras nonstop. And, you know, the Suburban Bow Hunters, our Instagram, TikTok, and then our YouTube channel. And that's our primary deal. We do have a podcast, the Suburban Bow Hunter podcast. So um, you can go back and listen. It's mostly just Cheeto and I talking about faith stuff. <laughs> we, we tried to make it a hunting podcast, but then we're like, this we kind of enjoy talking about our faith more sometimes. So we kind of start, it starts out the hunting and then switches over. So if you're interested in that kind of deal, you can hear a little bit more of our personal stuff there. And then um, we're going to do a collaboration with Seek One on the Velvet Tennessee season. And then, nice. um, I mean, we'll see. we'll see how it goes, man. It's a huge honor to have us on, man, that all their kind words, man, that means more than you know. And just being invited to do stuff like this is kind of overwhelming and a huge honor. So thank you all so much, man. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, you know, the past the past couple of weeks, we've had, you know, a lot of uh, business, you know, in the industry, you know, on our podcast, but to actually now be able to get back down to our roots with, you know, actual hunters and share these hunting stories. And that's just, to me, it's just, you know, almost kind of touching. It feels really good to actually have, you know, normal people back on again. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Do yeah. it. So I can record it. <laughs> hey man, good luck this season, you guys. Yeah, good luck. Keep me updated on the social media on the hit me the messages when you and I'll try to reply better than I did the cheetah. Yeah, you're good, dude. Don't worry. If I send you five messages about photos, by, by the way, I think I think I think Cheeto needs to get chubs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we should do a vote. That's what we should do. <laughs> Dude, there you go. Suburban bow hunter. Put it on Instagram. Do a live poll and see. Nah, I don't. I don't, I don't like that because she, I'm the angry old one and Cheeto's the funny, likable one. So no, see, you know, the only reason I'm giving it to Cheeto is you know you got the big one a few years ago, and he's been dreaming of a big one. So I, I gotta give it for the drink. He keeps throwing it out there. This is my dream bug. This is my dream bug. Okay, whatever. Yes, anybody. Hey, and I'll say this last thing, but the reason I use QADX is like you said, dude, like in front of a landowner, I sliced my finger open. Like I was just tightening. She was talking to me and then I looked down. I didn't even know it happened, but yeah. my hand was literally covered in blood. And I was like, oh, snap. And she goes, Oh my God. And like, she's freaking yeah. out and I'm like, I'm fine. Like, but it's like bleeding a lot. I need to probably go wash it off and like wrap it. I mean, I probably needed stitches, but we just, we went on with it, but did, yeah. can, can we show bloody pictures on here or should oh, I just, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
This was a doe quartered away from me. This was the entry, and then I'll show you the exit. But it was just like that was the entry. You was quartered and away, huh? And this and was, exodus did that. This yeah. was yeah. This was the exit. Yeah. That 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 was the deer. That deer literally went ten yards because <laughs> I went to saw a picture of the doe that I got last year with the exodus, and it you know yeah. I went to the boat. Both scapulas. Yeah. Well, what got me really wanting to use it was I saw Lee's video with the upside down buck. Yeah. And that thing is just squirting out. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm dealing with. I don't care. And then you guys, <laughs> um, the thing that gets me too, and, and I know we need to wrap this up, but the thing that gets me too is watching y'all's videos. When that broadhead goes through the deer, they act like they don't know what happened. Oh, yeah. Just kind of stand there like. It's cool. Every killed with the Q80 Exodus, it's. I can see where it falls. And I, and even in Atlanta, when BJ and I went, every single one of those deer. Y'all got like five of them that year, didn't you? Y'all got a lot. I could see. Like, they're in walking distance. Yeah. Yeah. Big thing. Cool, man. Well, look, good luck this season, guys. Um, thank you again for everything. Not even just coming on here, but, you know, helping me in my walk with the Lord and hunting and all of that. I, I really, really enjoyed this. This was, this was one of the best podcast episodes I think we've done. Honestly, it's, it's yeah. been a great time. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Y'all have a good season. You yeah. too, man. Thank you. See you. Uh, See y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. If you don't mind, go on Apple, go on Spotify, wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review. It really helps out. And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening. And don't forget to give us a review.